From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, the LAMP study for control of progressive myopia. According to our data, it can have almost double the effect of using 0.01%. First this. I know many of the audience of As Seen From Here also watch my live conference interviews on ewreplay.org. These brief video programs highlight the most important news from major ophthalmology meetings and number in the hundreds every year. But if you haven't watched ewreplay.org recently, you've got to check it out. iWorld Replay has really upped its game with super video production and fantastic content. ewreplay.org. We've just renovated and we'd love to have you over. Two of the most important recent studies in pediatric ophthalmology and in ophthalmology generally are the ADAM-1 and ADAM-2 studies. These studies give us an evidence-based foundation for the treatment of progressive myopia with topical atropine. Indeed, the authors themselves seem surprised with the results, particularly with very low-dose topical atropine. While this was an encouraging finding, the intention of the author seems to have been to use very low-dose topical atropine as a control. However, having demonstrated the effect of 0.01% atropine on the reduction of myopia progression, the investigators were left without a study control. Further investigation was warranted both to conduct a study with a contemporaneous control group and a full assessment of dose response. These are the purposes of the LAMP study. I'll let my guest, Jason Yam, explain. Jason, how much of a problem is myopia? Myopia is a huge problem, especially in Asia and Hong Kong. For example, in our ongoing Hong Kong children eye study, which we study uh, age six to eight uh, children and their parents, we found that for six years of age, there's a uh, 10% of them have uh, myopia, and at seven is more than 20%, and at age of eight it is more than 30%. And for the parents from age 20 to 50, uh, roughly about 77% to nearly 80% of them has myopia. And 15%, 1-5% of them is having high myopia. So it's a really a very uh, prevalent ocular condition in Hong Kong and also in Asia. And uh, globally, it is predicted by uh, uh, 2050 half of the population will become myopic. So I think uh, myopia is a huge problem. And we know that having high myopia, it will cause, because of the SU elongation, it will cause a lot of uh, related myopic complications, including glaucoma, uh, uh, myopic degeneration, uh, uh, retinal degeneration, staphyloma, etc. So these are causing uh, sight-threatening conditions. And we need to add because uh, the condition, for example, in Hong Kong, the condition of IDD stems from the myopia uh, condition at childhood. So uh, myopia is a huge problem. Now, we're going to be talking about your study, the, the LAMP study. But to give some context here, let me ask you to briefly review the ADAM-1 and ADAM-2 studies. 
Yes, um, Atom 1 and Atom 2 study. Atom 1 study, very brief, uh, is in 2006 published by the Singapore group, which they is the, it is the first randomized control trial to look into the 1% atrophy. Um, they, they do uh, uh, 400 children, half of them to placebo group and half of them to treatment group, and it is a contralateral eye study. They, uh, for the control for the treatment group one eye they use one percent atropine and the other eye they use uh, uh they do not use the drops whereas in the placebo group one eye they use placebo group and one eye they do not use the drops and they found that uh, over two years one percent atropine can reduce the myopia progression by seventy seven percent. And the SU lane, they don't have any SU elongation by using 1% atropine. And this confirmed atropine eye drops can reduce myopia progression comparing to the placebo group. It is talking about 1% atropine. And whereas in, but however, uh, it caused a lot of, uh, because of the myopia, uh, because of the 1% atropine, it will induce uh, 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 blur near vision and also pupil dilatation. So there is a, um, uh, a lot of a higher rate of using the photochromatic glasses and also the blur near vision. So the, in a few years later, in 2012, uh, this is the ATOM2 study where they, uh, again, they involve 400 children. And what they do is uh, uh, they, in, they divide into three groups, 0.5%, and 0.01% in two to two to one ratio. And again, they use one slightly, this time bovine using the eye jobs. And um, uh, uh, over the two years, uh, they found that using atropine 0.5%, 0.1%, and 0.01% has reduced myopia progression. But because uh, they don't have the placebo group, they use the Atom 1 historical placebo group as a control. By that, they found that 0.5%, they have 75% reduction rate in the cerebral equivalent and 68% uh, reduction rate in the 0.1% and 59% reduction rate in the 0.01% in the SE. Whereas in the SU length, however, SU length, they found that in the 0.5, according to the SU length uh, elongation comparison with the placebo group, in the 0.5%, it is roughly about 28% uh, reduction in the elongation, 0.1% is 26%, and however, in 0.01%, there is 7% 7, 7 increase compared to the placebo. Of course, uh, the, the two studies, according to the author, it cannot be directly compared because the placebo group, because the Aptom 1 and Aptom 2 study, they use different uh, machine to measure the SU length, whereas uh, in the Aptom 1 study, they use the uh, uh, ultrasound, where it's... Uh, uh, in Atom 2, they use the RL master. So this is one of the ways that they are not comparable. But this is the Atom 2 study. And uh, uh, of course, the the Atom 2 study also divided into phase 1, phase 2, and phase 3. In the phase 2, after two years of intervention, they wash out for one year. And then uh, uh, and then in phase 3, they all restarted the treatment of 0.01% later on.
for the atom to study the conclusion and the 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 of course atom to study bring a huge interest in using low concentration atropine afterwards the reason is because they found that the atropine 0.01% can have roughly nearly 50% reduction comparing to the placebo group and also very uh, uh, promising the side effect is much reduced because for 0.5% they have 70% uh, of them need progressive gases and the accommodation amplitude reduced to 4 after uh, whereas in 0.01% only 6% of them need progressive gases and the accommodation uh, remain roughly 11.8 diopter, which has a very good uh, uh, near vision. And according to that, the atropine 0.01% has sim a minimal side effect comparing to the atropine 0.1% and 0.5%, and yet it can, re it can maintain roughly 60% reduction in the, uh, uh, in the uh, SD uh, progression. That, that's why it brings out uh, a huge interest in using low concentration atropine uh, in Asia country or probably in the world. So this is the atom, atom 2 study. Of course, when we look into the, the washout, it is another. Also, we need to discuss about the, the washout because after the phase 2 washout, it found that for 0.5% and 0.1%, it has a rebound. And which is also coherent to the Epcon one study, we found that higher concentration has a higher rebound uh, after uh, after stopping the, the treatment. And it found that 0.01% uh, after the washing out, it only has myoclear progression of roughly 0.28 diopter, comparing to 0.5%, whereas the washout period, the myoclear progression is 0.87 diopter. And they when they come Combining the three-year treatment, they found that the 0.01% should be more sustainable comparing to 0.5% and 0.1% after two years treatment and one year of washout. And by that, in the phase three study, that's why the uh, uh, Singapore group, they have restarted all the treatment, all the group, if they have myopia progression during the washout period and to the 0.01%. And after five years, they found that those originally originally using 0.01% group all along using 0.01% group have a better SD progression comparing to the 0.5% and 0.1% group. And that's why they conclude over a longer term, 0.01% should be the optimal treatment comparing to a higher dosage. And that is uh, one of the advocates of using 0.01% as the optimal concentration uh, worldwide. And also there is uh, some meta-analysis study where they also found that according to the existing literature, they also suggested that the, the efficacy of atropine is those independent, whereas adverse effects are those dependent. That is a very important uh, message that it seems that atropine is the lowest dosage is the best because it has it is dose independent, whereas the adverse effect, of course, the lowest dosage is the minimal. So that's why 0.01% seems that should be have a, the the is a very appealing 
to be used uh, uh, very well. Let me ask you what I, I think is the most, most difficult question uh, from, from this whole conversation, which is if a very low concentration, 0.01% atropine, doesn't cause significant reduction in accommodative, in, in accommodative amplitude, and it doesn't cause um, uh, clinically significant mydriasis, then how does low-dose atropine affect the progression of myopia? So it is a very good question that I think is still under uh, intensive uh, investigation uh, because by having a high concentration atropine reducing 77%, but low concentration atropine is still re- re- having uh, maintained a reasonable control, uh, we believe that the atropine doesn't work through psychoplegia. It doesn't work through the accommodation. Of course, the higher loss of accommodation or the, the, uh, the higher acceptance of the accommodation, it is a reflection of the dosage. Atropine, there's a several hypothesis that is still under investigation. One of them is it, it is affecting on the retina, affect on the retina receptor and reducing the or in remodeling the sclera. But we are still looking into that. But clinically, we know that uh, it works because it is uh, uh, under RCT uh, uh, assessment. But the exact mechanism is still not very sure. Your study is is the the LAMP study. Let let me ask you first of all, what does LAMP stand for, and how does it differ from the Adams studies, and and how do its goals differ? Okay, thank you for asking our our study. So LAMP study stands for Low Concentration Atropine for Myopia Progression Study. It is a randomized control trial having four arms. And the reason of we look into this, we conducted LAMP study because we found, we believe that there's still un, many unknowns concerning using low concentration HOP in myopia progression. As I said, ATOM 1 and ATOM 2 study is very important study. However, it first, it don't have the placebo control group for comparison for the ATOM 2 study. That is, before our study, I, I should say there's still no solid evidence whether we can prove uh, low-contention atropine can reduce myopia progression. And second question is, because there is, um, the APTOM 2 study suggests that the 0.01% is the best treatment, comparing to 0.1%, 0.5%, and it seems that it don't have a, uh, uh, it's a dose-independent response. So we are asking a second question is whether low concentration atropine is concentration dependent, at least between 0.1% and 0.01%. So and what is the optimal concentration? And also we, we will look into the rebound effect and also the long-term effect. There's a few questions we are asking. And so we conducted randomized control trial where we include in total 438 ch- Chinese children uh, 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 into four groups, 0.01%, 0.025%, 0.05%, and placebo, into one-to-one-to-one-to-one ratio. And we follow, we, we will follow up into uh, a few years, and we have the LAMP study, the first report is for the first year. Uh, we look into the results. 
and uh, the methodology is similar. The follow-up follow-up interval is similar to the Atom two thirty. One of the major reasons is for comparison. So we have the initial visit baseline, and then two weeks later to assess the second baseline to see whether there is any hyperaerobic shift, and then we follow up every four months to measure the outcomes and then uh, uh, continuously. And for the outcomes, the primary outcomes, uh, there are several. The primary outcomes first is the cycloplegic spherical equivalent, the cycloplegic repression, and also the second measurement is the uh, RL master for the SU length. Of course, we also measure uh, a lot of side effects, including, uh, um, including the pupil size, including the accommodation, uh, and also the visual acuity at the distance, at the, at the near, intracular pressure. We also administer a Chinese version validated National Eye Institute visual function questionnaire every year to assess where, how the low concentration HOP is different in the four groups. And so this is uh, uh, our study design at this moment. Uh, any question you want to follow up? So yeah, yeah. So there, there is one, and 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 in in a way, as a as a clinician, it, it it's one of the most important questions. And it is, what were your inclusion criteria for for this study? And the reason that that I say that that is an an important question is is that parents will will come to to me or to my pediatric ophthalmology friends and say, is is my child someone who would benefit? From this treatment, and to 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 answer that question, we want to be able to cite, you know, the 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 group studied. So, what were your inclusion criteria? So, our inclusion criteria is um, the age group is four to twelve, um, and uh, with myopia progression of at least one diopter in both eyes. And at the metastasis of less than two point five diopter, and also have a documented myopia progression of at least two point five percent in the past one year. This, these will be included, of course, for those who have for the study. Uh, uh, we have some exclusion criteria for those who have previous use of atropine or paracetamol or OK lens or other optical method for myopia control uh, will be excluded. Those who have documented allergy to the atropine or those with other uh, ocular disease, say, say cataract, congenital retinal disease, uh, strabismus and bleopia will also be excluded because for a uh, uh, better comparison. And uh, for those who have systemic disease, uh, uh, cardiac problem, respiratory disease, we are also excluded as uh, 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 in our study. This is basically the inclusion and uh, exclusion criteria. Now you have reported your one-year results of this this multi-year study. What what were your one-year findings? So uh, our one-year finding in terms of several parameters based on what we have found. First, we reported the spherical equivalent and SU length, and also we reported the side effect in terms of the pupil size, in terms of accommodation, uh, near vision, and also the VFQ uh, uh, result. So for the um. For the uh, we first we found that there are several important findings we found and first we describe I describe and then we can go into the details. First we noticed that uh, both zero point zero five percent, zero point two five percent and zero point zero one percent can reduce myopia progression uh, comparing to the placebo group and it worked along the 
at uh, uh, dose concentration dependent effect. And the detail is that after one year, uh, 0.05% that the change in the true equivalent is about 0.27 delta. Whereas in the atropine, 0.025% is about uh, 0.46 diopter. And 0.01% is 0.59 diopter. Comparing to our placebo group, which is 0.81 diopter. Having this, we, we, uh, we can convert that 0.05% can reduce myopia progression by 67% during the first year. And the 0.025% is set at 43%. And 0.01% is about 27% in the SE. And in the, uh, in the SU length, we noticed that the 0.05%, the SU length change is about 0.2 uh, 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 millimeter, whereas 0.025% is 0. Uh, 0.29. And uh, um, uh, SU elongation and 0.01% is 0. 0.36 millimeter comparing to the placebo group, which is 0.41 millimeter. So converting the SU prop, uh, the percentage in the reduction in the SU elongation for 0.05% is up to 51% reduction. Comparing to the 0.025% is 29% reduction. Comparing to the 0.01% is 12% 12 uh, 12 reduction, all comparing to the placebo group. And this is the, a very important finding. And interestingly, for the SU elongation, the, when we do the pair group, a pairwise comparison, the SU length change in the 0.01% in our cohort compared to the placebo group, the p value is not significant. Meaning that the 12% reduction in that 0.01%, there is a 12% reduction, but uh, statistically, point of view, the the difference is not statistically different uh, in the this comparison, whereas other parameters is all statistically significant difference. So by having the advocacy, it, we notice that 0 .0, it, it is a long uh, dose concentration response, very obviously. And 0.05% can reduce up to 67% reduction in the SE and 51% reduction in the SU elongation compared to the placebo group. And how about the side effect? The side effect, we also noticed the pupil size, the accommodation amplitude, the distant VA, the near VA, and also we documented the use of photochromatic gases, the photophobia, allergic conjunctivitis, and hospitalization. And for the, uh, particularly, I want to point out the change in, in the accommodation uh, in the 0.05%, we noticed that at, tr at one year, it has a redu reduction of two diopter change. Comparing to 0.025%, it has a 1.6 diopter change uh, loss. And 0.01%, it has a 0.26 diopter loss in the accommodation amplitude. Comparing to the placebo group, it also has a 0.32 diopter change. So by statistically, we notice that 0.05% and 0.025% has a statistically significant difference and reduction in the, accom uh, in the accommodation amplitude compared to the placebo group, whereas in the 0.01%, it don't have a accommodation loss comparing to the placebo group.
but this is important. We uh, uh, but the we we now understand. So zero point zero five percent has a induce we induce the accommodation loss, but it is about two diopter. Okay, two diopter loss is uh, clinically uh, is not significant. Uh, is not clin uh, clinically a major issue. So for the distant visual acuity and the near visual acuity, it is all similar. There's no distant visual acuity loss and near visual acuity loss. And the pupil size, it has a change of pupil size where we look into the photo use of the photochromatic glasses, photophobia. So the photochromatic glasses uh, for the 0.05%, um, 33 of them need photochromatic glasses, so it's 30%. 0.025% also is 34.3%, 0.01% is 30%, and placebo is 39%. So I have to mention about here, the, the point we are providing the photochromatic glasses according to our study. First, number one, we are blind, uh, uh, blind study, so we don't know which group they're using. We just offer to the uh, parents. For those who feel there is a photophobia, they can use photochromatic glasses. For those parents who are concerned about the potential side effect of pupil dilatation, the excess UV uh, light, they will also be allowed to use the photochromatic glasses. That's why among all the groups, the use of the photochromatic glasses is quite similar. Number two is the progressive glasses. Progressive glasses is for those who are reading, uh, has a reading difficulties, we will offer them to use the progressive glasses. For 0.05%, it has one of them, it is 0.9%. For 0.025%, they have none of them need progressive glasses. 0.01%, two of them need progressive glasses, so it is 1.8%. Placebo group, still one, one of them, one of the children volunteer to use the progressive glasses, so it's 0.9%. So again, the, pro the use of progressive glasses is similar. And for the phobia at two weeks and also at one year, we are also documenting. Uh, for two weeks, there is a significantly higher percentage of them com complain of photophobia for using 0.05%. It is up, up to 31% of them need photophobia at two weeks, and 80% have photophobia at two weeks using 0.025%. 5% uh, complain of photophobia at two weeks using 0.01%, and 12% uh, have photophobia for placebo at uh, two weeks. However, when we document the photophobia at one year, they all become very similar for 0.05%, only about 8% of them have photophobia one year, 0.025% is 6.6%, 0.01% is 2% have photophobia at one year, comparing to the placebo, it's similar. Uh, we, we noticed that the photophobia, initially for a higher concentration, they will complain photophobia, but with time, they can desensitize or they can adapt it at least. Uh, subjectively, they don't have any uh, uh, they will reduce the subjective perception of the photophobia. Allergic conjunctivitis and other uh, uh, category we look into the side effect, which they are all similar. Uh, for 0.05%, 0.025%, 0.01% placebo, this is roughly about 2% to 6% among all the groups. And we also document the hospitalization, uh, uh, which none of them is related to the atrophine use. Many of them is due to the flu, uh, some of them is due to the uh, uh, fracture. So none of the reported hospitalization in all the groups is related to the atrophine use. This is the side effect and adverse outcome. And we also look into the VFQ uh, at one year. 
in the 0.05%,0.025%,0.01% placebo. The use of VSQ is important in a sense that we want to have a more comprehensive assessment of uh, the effectiveness or of the side effect of uh, using the atropine. And among all the groups, uh, of course, VSQ is divided into the general health, general vision, ocular pain, knee activity, distant activity, social functioning, mental health, role difficulties, dependency, color vision, peripheral vision, uh, etc. And it is all similar uh, comparing to all the uh, four groups. It don't have any statistical significant difference between the 0.05%, 0.025%, 0.01% .01 So uh, collectively, we understand that the, size, the efficacy in terms of the spherical uh, equivalent and also the acetylene reduction we noticed that 0.05% is better than 0.025% and better than 0.01%. Side effect-wise, we understand the pupil size, accommodation amplitude uh, is, is affected more. Uh, it's also along the uh, concentration-dependent response. But the accommodation amplitude is about two, uh, uh, it's about two diopter, meaning that the, uh, the, it's probably about two centimeters change long uh, 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 reduce the near point about two centimeter for the children they need to have a two centimeter longer reading distance in order that they can see better but it is clinically not a major issue uh, to what we believe and also the uh, uh, the use of the photophobia evident by the photochromatic glasses and also the progressive lens is similar in all the groups so it probably suggests that that 0.05 percent have better efficacy and yet also well-tolerated side effect uh, in our study. Really, really, really interesting stuff. Now, your study demonstrated a statistically significant reduction in uh, myopia for all groups and an axial length for all groups except for the 0.01. So my, my question is this. Was all of the effect on the reduction of myopia progression attributable to axial length? This is a very good question, and we are also uh, doing a secondary analysis on that. But uh, uh, some people will, may believe that uh, it may also affect on the corneal curvature changes, uh, etc. We still don't have the exact data yet, but at least we can say that atropine really work on the acetylene changes, at least on a higher concentration group because we have a 51% reduction in the acetylene. And yet, even though 0.21% only contribute 12% reduction, uh, 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 but also not significant, but it still have a change. So I believe that it's still working on the acetylene uh, changes, even on 0.21%, but uh, the, because the, the, the efficacy is not that high, in terms of the SE reduction and also SE range, it didn't reach a statistical significant differences. I have one last question. It's not fair, but it's my last question, which is that I, I know that we're only at, from a publication standpoint, one-year data, but what are your recommendations for clinicians right now, even based upon these, these partial data? What should people be doing now? So based on our, our study, I would say first, Atropine, low concentration atropine can really worse to reduce myopia progression. And it follow a concentration dependent response. I would suggest it depends on how high the risk of the parent, uh, of the children. Say for example, if the children have 
as a uh, both highly mouthpiece parent, I would say the mouthpiece progression rate is much faster than we are expecting. And so I would suggest they can use a higher concentration. This is uh, uh, in the, at the very beginning. And or for those who are not responding very well at a lower concentration, say 0.01%, I would also suggest them to can tolerate up a higher concentration, say 0.05%. That will, because according to our data, it can have almost double the effect of using 0.01%. And yet the, the, it is quite well tolerated. Jason, this is wonderful stuff. Um, I am um, aware that, that that this is just the the one year point of this multi year study. Uh, I'm assuming that you're going to publish two year data next year, and I'm very much going to look forward to speaking with you then for an update. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Dr. Yan, for your very kind compl- uh, uh, comment and also very kind invitation for us to that we can explain our paper uh, to the audience. Jason Yan is Associate Professor in the Department of Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences at the Chinese University of Hong Kong in Hong Kong. His paper, Low Concentration Atropine for Myopia Progression, LAMP Study, a randomized, double-blinded, placebo-controlled trial of 0.05%, 0.025%, and 0.01% atropine eye drops in myopia control, appears in the January 2019 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Yam or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As seen from here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.